You're listening to Distilling Theology. I'm Blake. And I'm Justin. This is a new podcast combining discussions of theology and distilled spirits. And dad jokes. Amen. What's wrong with you people? You're not David. I don't know why you're clapping. I'm talking about you. Fatality. You know... Starting a podcast about theology and distilled spirits is whiskey business. <laughs> I said that with a straight face. This is Distilling Theology. Welcome back to another episode of Distilling Theology. Thanks for joining us this week, guys. Uh, we are joined by a very special guest, one of the co-hosts of the wildly popular Reformed Pilgrims podcast, Nick Vizzle. No. Rest in peace. We are joined by a very special guest. And his name is Nick Weisel of the Reformed Pilgrims podcast. That's me, Nick Weisel. We are (laughs) always learning. We are gathered here together around the proverbial campfire tonight, enjoying a lovely glass of distilled spirits. Blake, why don't you tell everybody what it is exactly we're drinking tonight? Apparently, uh, I need more caffeine is what I need. (laughs) um, Tonight we are drinking Maker's 46. Now, many of you are probably familiar with Maker's Mark. It is a very popular bourbon. You will recognize it because the bottle is covered with red wax, and they still do that by hand at the distillery in Kentucky. Fun fact. You can watch it on YouTube, and it's really fun to watch. It's so satisfying. <laughs> and Maker's is pretty famous for having a very consistent, smooth, sweet flavor, right? That's kind of their their brand. And once they got a little bit bigger, they wanted to release a special project, right? The problem is... They're very particular about that. So they went through all these processes, different mash bills, different stave combinations for aging. And when they got to the 46th, they ended up deciding that was the one they wanted to produce and release commercially. And so now we have the gift of Maker's 46, and it is bottled a little bit higher at 94 proof, and it is finished with 10 French oak staves, which are basically like pieces of oak that they float in the barrel and help to impart further flavor. Are they like whiskey french fries? You know, I've never, <laughs> ever heard that comparison before. Uh, I guess I guess they're fully submerged, or are they just um, are they just Well, they're sprinkled? not sprinkled. <laughs> Nobody can survive submersion that long, so that's okay. Congratulations. Touché. You played yourself. Now we have two 1689 guys today. I'm not. No, I'm not. Wait, what? Hold on. No, I'm not. No. I'm misinformed. Yeah, I'm totally not 1689. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> well, let's take a sip of this whiskey, get some notes going, and then uh, I want to hear more about this, because for some reason I was under that impression from the pub. So what do you guys smell when you get a little aromatic here? As we know, the sense of smell is so tied to our sense of taste. We actually have way more a nuance in the things we can smell than in the things we can actually taste. So it helps mm-hmm. to always smell the whiskey and, and get some of those notes rolling because it'll help to inform your flavor palette. Yeah, so you definitely get a little bit of a little bit of spice, a little bit of cinnamon, there's definitely uh, some oakiness to it. You get a little bit of the... Uh, there's there's almost like an insinuation of smoke. Because there's no real smoke. But you kind of get that insinuation from it. Dude, I, I'm getting like candied mm-hmm. apples. Yeah. It's a very... Okay, it's a Halloween smoke. Come on, let's go. <laughs> like a red candied apple. Like mm-hmm. the... Yes. Is it... Maybe, maybe that's just the cinnamon? 
So I, I definitely get like that stereotypical, not in a bad way, but that sweet corn and cinnamon kind of like a warming and fighting nose when I when I smell this. Yeah, I'm going to take a little sip. I pick up a little bit of, I think, on the nose, slightly toasted caramel, maybe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Beautiful cheers. Fake cheers because we're we are literally all in very different locations. Let's see some of those nice. tasting notes. Let's go. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Man, that oh, just delivers. Some, you definitely get like vanilla and caramel right off the bat. Oh yeah. Really rich, really smooth. Mm. There's a little bit of kind of like what was what was on the nose. There's a little bit of like rich red apples. I don't know my apple types very well to be able to give you the nuance of which flavor profile, sure. but there's that appleiness. You both pointed out the cinnamon. There's definitely some of that baking spice in the flavor palette. And that finish, it's very warming. And it leaves like almost more vanilla for me on the finish. Like sure. it doesn't, it's yeah. not as fruity as it tastes at the beginning. That's kind of my observation anyways. Yeah, definitely, uh, definitely one that I will purchase again. Mm. Yeah, it's good. The other thing about Makers 46 is uh, the, the, when I first bought it was actually because my documentary feature is called The 46ers. Oh, nice. It's about the Adirondack High Peaks in upstate New York. There's 46 mountains over 4,000 feet. They are amazing and beautiful. And so I've seen, I had seen a lot of people selling and buying this up there because naturally, but it has absolutely nothing to do with, it's from Kentucky. It's literally just the barrel stave combination that they came up with. <laughs> so, so there's that. Yeah. But yeah, so this is, this is our first time bringing someone else around the fire with us, so to speak. Yes, our first guest episode. Man, this is exciting, riveting stuff. I'm I'm honored, honestly. So thanks for having me on, guys. So Nick, <laughs> why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are and uh, what you do in the world of podcasting? I'm not a 1689 Federalist kind of person. <laughs> I'm sorry for mislabeling you. No, it's okay. It's okay. Anytime you hear somebody saying that the Mosaic Covenant was an administration of the Covenant of Grace, they are not a 1689er. That's that's one clue. But I'm just a, a lay person at a Reformed Baptist church, and I have been going there, Veritas Church in Roseville, California. I've been going there for, I want to say, a bit over seven years, eight years, eight years. It's been over eight years since I've been going to that church. Wow. And I love it. Been a member for seven of those eight years. Most of your listeners, or maybe some of your listeners might know me from the Reformed Pub, which is a Facebook group that I help admin. So I'm one of the admins there. And then I uh, have my own little podcast called Reformed Pilgrims, where me and two other guys, Jim and Jordan, talk about theology. And we like to focus on orthodoxy and the orthopraxy. Mm. How does your faith motivate your practice? How do the things that you believe inform the things that you should do as a believer? Mm -hmm. And how does this doctrine or that doctrine or this truth from scripture or that truth from scripture, how do those things cause you to praise God more? Mm. Right? Our theology should lead to doxology. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. And our orthodoxy should lead to orthopraxy. We want to know what we believe yeah. And uh, we want to know that we have the right belief, but we also, how do we live in light of that? Mm-hmm. If this is true, what are the implications for our life? So that's kind of been the focus of our show is taking a theological idea. Right right now we're in the middle of the attributes of God. Well, Ooh. what does knowing about God's goodness, what does mm-hmm. that motivate me as a Christian to do? 
right? Yeah. How should I respond to that? Knowing that God is good or mm. uh, knowing that God is sovereign or knowing that God is holy, right? That's kind of our thing. That's what we like to do. And um, awesome. Jim and I in particular love to make fun of Jordan for mispronouncing things because he's <laughs> from the Midwest, which is... Yeah. Everything's mispronounced in the Midwest, let's be Everything. Honest. Yeah, I know. You guys would know because you're from New York, which is not nope. Midwest. It's just totally East. Mm. It so, is. Yeah. We are the most Northeastern people that I know. Just kidding. I don't have the the faintest hint of a New York City accent, except when I want to tone it up a little bit. The cheese factor when I want to sound a little bit like my friends down in uh, down in the city. Listen, Nick, how did you guys? So this is something we talked about in our first episode of Distilling Theology. But how did you and Jim and Jordan meet, and what motivated you guys to start a podcast? And and you guys have been putting out content pretty consistently over the last year, and Really, I, if I do say so myself, really good, rich stuff. And I love how you connect these orthodox doctrines to everyday Christian practice and how those things are, are tied. But what prompted all that? Glad you enjoy the show. So I think it was Jordan's idea. So it's funny because I'm the one who ends up going on other people's podcasts, but it's like really like Jordan's idea. So it's probably because I'm a loud mouth in the pub. So my presence is probably a bit more... Uh, public there, so to speak. But yeah, I think it was Jordan's idea. And he had approached me a couple months before he was going to start the podcast. He was like, hey, uh, Jim and I want to do this. What do you think? And I was like, I don't know. I don't really want to. You know, I don't know how I feel about this. I felt really nervous. And then eventually something changed. And I think part of the mm. motivation for it was Jordan was like, okay, well, if I buy you the equipment, will you come? Because I was like, well, I don't have a microphone. So he's like, well, if I buy you the microphone. And I'm like, okay, so... <laughs> So I've been doing the podcast with Jim and Jordan on borrowed capital per se, because it was really them. Mm. Like they made it the simplest thing for me to come in. So I, I give them the time, but I haven't spent any money on any equipment. It's all been Jim or Jordan. So yeah, that's kind of, they kind of looped me into it. Jordan was like, Hey, we should start a podcast. And that's really cool. You know, as pub admins that we, we had like cool. a camaraderie. So mm. he just wanted to, to do it. And we seemed like the people to do it with. So. so tell us a fun and interesting fact about yourself that uh, maybe people on uh, your podcast don't know. Oh, that's tricky. <laughs> Not that I'm going to put you on the spot here. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 that's fine. Um, no, uh, I didn't think about this. Okay. <laughs> no preparation, people. I'm literally throwing them a, a, a wild card here. Uh, things about, so just like things my listeners might not know. Yeah, anything. Just something random. They didn't know. Um, I really like cars. Hmm. Excellent. I'm a voracious six-speed manual transmission. Preach it, brother. Shifting. Preach it, brother. All, th yeah. all three of us are sitting here driving stick, yeah? baby. Okay. Manual. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, what do you guys drive? Uh, I drive a 2016 Volkswagen GTI. Bro, that's my car. That's the car I have. Are you serious right now? My man. My man. What color? White. Mine too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, S? S-E? Audubon? Uh, no, mine's the S. S. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dude, my yes, man. yeah. Oh my goodness. Um, this is this is uh, this is foreordained. Two door or four door? Two door or four door? I'm a dad. I gotta have them four doors. <laughs> Dude. Okay. Oh man, let's go. Um. <laughs> so, okay. Sorry. I know this is a. This, I'm trying to answer the question. So I really like cars, obviously. But uh, yeah. so your GTI. Have you done any modifications to it? So I just got it. I was previously driving. Uh, this is going to be fun for our listeners. I was previously driving a 2011 Mazda Speed Three. Beautiful. Which I had pretty 
pretty heavily modified. I had some exhaust work. I had a coilover suspension on it. I had a, uh, a tune with the access port. And so it was a lot of fun, a lot of fun to drive. A remarkably torque steering vehicle. If you weren't careful, easily throw you into a tree. So it was a lot of fun, but I got rid of it recently. Before that, I had a 20th anniversary GTI in jazz blue. And boy, that was my favorite thing I've ever owned. But they only came in a coupe and I was having a child, so I needed four doors, hence getting into the Mazda. But I recently sold it for the GTI, so I've only had it for a couple of months. Uh, I have intentions to do some work to it. I have things that I'd like to do, but I'm kind of on the balance of I want to do some things, but I don't want to do too much because it's also the only car that I have and I have to drive it back and forth to work every day. So I've made one mod, exactly one mod, and it's free. But um, I took out the clutch assist spring Hmm. for the clutch because it was making my clutch feel very nonlinear. So if you've had any issues with getting a smooth takeoff because it feels like the clutch is just unpredictable, it might be because that spring is there. And like you can literally just get under under your um, your steering column and you just pull it out. Okay. You have a pair of. uh, pliers it'll it'll take like 30 seconds um and then there's the second mod that i like those yeah um the second mod that i want to do is um the uh i was looking this up today but the valve bleeder block um mm-hmm. clutch clutch bleeder block valve um which is the assembly where you that's where you release the clutch fluid so that yep. your um your fluid flows out so you get all the air out Apparently, in between that, so like right in the middle of it, there's like this little valve. It's like a little piece of piece of plastic that restricts the flow of the hydraulic fluid that compresses when you engage the clutch. Interesting. And so I don't know if have you you've tried driving your GTI quickly. Mm-hmm. Have you ever uh-huh. shifted shifted quickly and noticed that your clutch pedal is actually still on the floor when you let off your foot? And you're expecting it to have engaged, but you're still waiting for it to um, to shift. Have you noticed that? It's it's very slight. Yeah, but that's yes. because of that. That's because of that little valve. So huh. it's it's like you need like nine bucks of brake fluid to refill all the yeah, fluid that you'll spit out. But um, apparently, though, those are the two things that people complain about that work better. So all right, um, all right. that's good yeah. to know. Yeah. What do you What do you drive, Blake? Uh, I know nothing about cars, so <laughs> I am I am very much a a lay person in this department. Okay. Uh, I have a 2015 Subaru Crosstrek that is also five speed, um, little nice. four cylinder boxer engine, and mm-hmm. it gets me where I need to go. And it is out here in upstate New York in dread, like kind of brutal Dense winters, snow. Well, and, yeah. and ice, particularly. Get the nice all drive. Runnix, yeah. And I would also yeah. put on uh, studded snow tires. So when I'd be coming mm-hmm. down the mountain roads at three in the morning or whatever after working on a shoot, and I'd just go down into third gear and just ride my way just down cro- those mountain yep. hills, Coast. studded yeah. snows, yeah. I so nice. I, I'm really excited to tag this episode with automotive car manual transmission. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's funny. Welcome yeah. to the um, show, guys. Yeah. Um, so quick that's thing. Awesome. So my iPad's about to die. <gasps> So, do you want to like stop your recording and then pick it up again? I can just reconnect to my iPhone. I will stop the Skype recording. Let's keep the audio going because I can sync that really easily. That's fine. Yeah. All right, okay. we'll do that. Give me a minute. I will call you right back. Or Perfect. I, if you stay on the call, then I should just be able to reconnect on oh, my phone. Okay, we'll do that. Okay. All right. See cool. you soon. I'll be right back. Mm-hmm. All right. Please stand by.
Dude, I can't believe he drives a white 2016 GTIS. You guys are literally the same person, and I can't <laughs> handle it. I literally can't even with how similar you guys are. And I'm so That's embarrassed so you haven't amazing. listened to Reformed Pilgrims. Dude, bro, bro. Dude, I'm going to listen to it all now. Oh, yep. it's Nick. He's back. There he is. Yeah. Welcome back to Distilling Theology. Thanks. <laughs> it's nice to be back after so long. Oh, man. It's been, it's been, I was just telling Justin, it's, it's kind of weirding me out how much you two are the same person. <laughs> just, just a little. Uh, well, except for the fact that I'm basically a white sheet of paper in comparison. <laughs> <laughs> but you have the facial hair that I can't grow, so... Yeah, it's all yeah. about balance in the force. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Speak- can't have everything. Speaking of which, I pre-ordered my uh, episode nine IMAX tickets. opening night tickets, and now I'm the guy in my friend group who just apparently is the orderer, the pre-orderer of tickets. So all my friends Venmo me, and I get anywhere from three to six or seven seats for movies. Wow, I'm that so, guy now. That's awesome. I have a question about. Star Wars. Uh-oh. Um, so, um, you pre-ordered tickets for the new trilogy. So, are you saying that you also like episodes 7 and 8? I do. Dude. We can, affirm. Uh, yeah, can we... Um, wait, hold on. I got this. <laughs> Dude. Mm. Amen. Oh, sorry. Let's try that again. Dude. Ooh. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. Yes. I Preach learned how to do this with my wife when, uh, with wine, wine glasses. Mm. So, yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, I'm very excited for the new movie. Um, I, re- I actually yes. really liked The Last Jedi. Me too. So, Same. I'm hoping that they, that there aren't retcons, mm-hmm. but I also am hoping that it's, um, I hope that it, like, it ends well. And um, I think that The Last Jedi was, it's what I wanted it to be. Um, I don't think it was perfect, but I thought it was good. And I didn't think it was like a liberal conspiracy theory. Even the best movies can use sanctification. uh Exactly. Right. Yeah. So, um, so I actually did like The Last Jedi. I don't think it's, it's immune to critique, but uh, Mm -hmm. I am very much looking forward to this, um, this upcoming uh the rise of the skywalker i have some slight misgivings about some plot details that i think will come to light so i have i have some worries but sure. if the movie's good then i'm not going to complain that much so yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah well i'm just glad to like meet fellow star wars non-haters i guess yes. <laughs> right I, I like that uh, that one meme i don't remember the guys like these guys ruin this and then star wars fans ruin star wars but it's very true. And what was amazing, so I'm actually, this is, this is really nerdy, uh, but I am an admin of the Reformed Cantina. Th- think about this for a moment. So you have people who are into Reformed theology. They're kind of known for their cage stage tendencies and, and taking very strong opinions on issues and having a very thought out opinion. No. Dude, and then yeah, you but co- it's twice as bad. And Star then you Wars. combine that with yeah. Star Wars yeah. fandom, which is literally just full of people who have very strong opinions about these things and have researched them and studied them. It's and intense. Force theology, right? It's 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 uh, <laughs> it's been exciting. Force theology. <laughs> you really had well, to force the that one who, out. Like, they they um, they really have uh, 
like there are people like they're like Kraya loyalists there, right? From like Coder Two. I don't know. It's oh okay. It's been that's, an adventure. That's a Star Wars video game. So. Uh, yeah. anyway, so I, I just doubted myself me. as a big nerd. No, it's okay, man. We're all we're welcome. All big nerds. Welcome to the group of nerds. Indeed. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, oh, it's been it's been funny. The um, I mean, I I love that group. I love the other admins. I love the idea of it because what's been really good about that is you you do have you know sometimes heated discussions, but at the same time we're all brothers in Christ, and that's kind of been a cool theme that that as an admin, Blake, I can it's just twenty nineteen brothers and sisters in Christ. Come on. Well, <laughs> you heard it here, folks. I've been corrected on live TV or podcast <laughs> land. You know, I know Nick in admitting the pub, which is a much larger group. The cantina is fairly small, but fairly passionate. I can only imagine like the work that goes into that. And I know it sounds silly for us millennials to be describing social media as work, but like it's work to keep a community that you really want to thrive. You want to encourage discussion, but you also have to have rules. Mm -hmm. So that it doesn't get overrun with just insanity because I've been in groups that the admins and mods maybe weren't on the game or something just happened all of a sudden and all hell breaks loose. Yeah. 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 And it doesn't take very long. <laughs> it takes it takes like one or two people to just stir up a bunch, particularly in groups that have more robust topics like theology or when you combine theology and Star Wars. So what's that been like? And how can we as members of the Reform Pub do a better job making the admins lives easier? Because you guys are just normal people doing it in your spare time. So Well, uh, if you... Um, send donations. It always helps us. Um, <laughs> Amen. Uh, yeah, donations of whiskey. But uh, yes, us too. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. Those guys too. Um, so, uh, so the pub is a very interesting thing. Um, just speaking as a as an admin, but as somebody who's been there uh, since, like, I want to say, sometime in 2014 or 2015 was the first time I was added to the pub. So I was there before the pub was, I think, 3,000 members. So I was back there in the Wookiee days. Um, so it's kind of interesting to see how things have changed Wow. Um, since then. Um, so the best way to make the pub a better place is to be the pubster that you want other people to be. It's by setting a good example. Um, hmm. So uh, like 100% I, like of the time when somebody like posts a, a post that says, this group sucks, <laughs> the, that post is never helpful, right? Um, yeah. Right. It's uh, like when you're just you're making a broad statement about the entire group and you're just saying, I don't like to be here. <laughs> right. Like, well, right. OK, there's there's a solution for that. Uh, and <laughs> we we there's you know, there's a button called leave group. And if you really think it's that bad that you don't want to be here, then like if you're miserable here, then don't be here. Right. So, uh, right. Go to the pub to enjoy. Enjoy the pub and go to the pub with an open mind. Um Mm. so uh go to the pub with the concept or the idea in your mind that you could be wrong about something even if you feel very right about it i'm talking to you credo baptists uh i'm talking to you hardcore pedo baptists who um constantly say things that they kind of sound untrue or they sound like a joke but they're actually sure. like people uh, Baptists hate children. Like if you're the if you're that if you're that Presbyterian, <laughs> cut it out, right? Um, you know, uh, that's like like the the worst thing. Or um, trying to, what's like the the most common like thing that that Baptists make fun of Presbyterians for? You know, um, 
Uh, I don't know. I can't think of it now. I've had, I haven't had enough whiskey to think about it yet. So, uh, um, <laughs> I, I have to don't, imagine don't following the rules yeah. has got to be up there as well. Like read the rules. Well, okay. Yes. Okay. So, uh, it yeah, seems simple, so, but I feel I love, like nobody reads the rules. I honestly, so I think people do read the rules. They just don't read them very carefully. Like, oh yeah, I agree to the rules. They look at the bold part and then they ignore yeah. the examples. So then you have the things like, you know, um, you know, Baptists hating their children or Presbyterians aren't really consistent because they don't do pedo communion. Um, you know, stuff like that. People sure. just, they don't read or, um, you have people who, um, read the rules and then they accuse a Presbyterian of baptism or regeneration, right? Um, stuff like that or yeah, yeah, the stuff like that. So yeah, read the rules and, um, the pub is a great place to learn about the like reformed theology. I mm. learned a ton from yeah. the pub. Yeah. Ask yeah. questions. Um but if you mm. uh it's not the place to argue against reformed theology. There are plenty of other perfectly <laughs> good groups that you can go to where you can argue against reformed people who um, Isn't there a group called uh, Matulip or something like that, where the guy is just <laughs> a savage against I, Calvin? I he just hates Calvinism. I wouldn't necessarily go to a group where like it's it's antagonist to Calvinists, but <laughs> like the reform, like we have we have reform standards, and we we generally do not tolerate when people advocate for positions that are contra those reform standards. The, we're not that kind of group, you know. Yeah. And some people get upset about yeah. that, but sure. That we're just not that kind of group, and that's okay. You know, like that's that's just, that's how we roll. That's how we do things. And yeah. there are plenty of good places to debate theology. This is not it. You know, like we're called the Reformed Pub, not the Reformed or the Debate Reformed Theology Pub, right? <laughs> right. So, um, you know, and honestly, it's it's a Fifth Commandment issue. If um if you can't abide mm -hmm. by the rules, then then it's okay to leave, and it's okay to say, you know what. I don't sure. like these rules in this place isn't for me. You know, that's okay. Yeah. You know, there are plenty of, there are plenty yeah. of groups that where I don't, I leave because I don't want to, I don't, yeah. I don't want to participate or I don't like it there. <laughs> right. And it's, a lot it's of car okay. Facebook right. groups are like that, my friend. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, gosh, I am part of no VW Facebook Good groups. Call. Okay. Don't yeah, join them. Don't yeah. join them. They're, they're a yeah. hot mess. Cause I, I would just leave. I'd be like, Oh, this must be what that like anti pub guy feels. And then I would just leave, but I wouldn't yeah. like write a diatribe, but now I'm like tempted to, <laughs> I'm tempted I always to, love like, when a person leaves those, the, the breakup letters, like a, yeah. the breakup letters. Yeah. It's absurd. Yeah. I was just going to say, we need to do, we need, I want to do a dramatic reading of a breakup letter from the pub one day. <laughs> Yo, uh, I like that. We, we need Blake's voice. We just did we our need Blake's voice for this, dude. Would be have amazing. You, have you seen that that little meme video? Uh, you make me touch your hands for stupid reasons. <laughs> what, dude? <laughs> Tell it's, us more. Oh man, it's so good. It's uh, <laughs> I think it's so. It's a. It's some guy reading a real dramatic breakup letter by somebody who is probably in like the seventh or eighth grade, some eighth, seventh or eighth grade girl. And it just, Amazing. it just start like, it has like all the bad spelling that you expect, yeah. like an emotional person <laughs> who in the like early two thousands or like That's late nineties didn't know exactly how the keyboard worked every time. Right. <laughs> so it just starts off with like, dear loser, Chris, I thought you liked me. You said it yourself. I hate you. 
You know, it's like it just like she just like she totally like tells him off and oh, yells yeah. at him yeah. and and uh, you can find it. It's people used to do this all the time, but this is like my favorite one. Uh, a dr- dramatic reading of a breakup letter. That's incredible. I didn't yeah. know that was a genre that I needed in my life, but here we are. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, know. I, definitely. Yeah, I'm glad that you you found it. In a way, we participated in that this week, uh, or, or yeah, with uh, reading reading the 95 theses. That's true. A breakup letter <laughs> with the with the with the papacy. <laughs> Dear loser, Pope. <laughs> I thought you were a Christian. You said it yourself, but you're not. You know, yeah. It's incredible. Could be so good. That's amazing. Man, this That's is, absolutely amazing. This is so much. Is this how much fun you guys have recording with three people all the time? Uh, yeah, but usually it's at Jordan's expense because he can't pronounce anything. <laughs> Poor Jordan, just getting uh, ragged. Jordan, on. we we feel for you. We'll, we'll have to have Jordan on on his own episode just so I he know. can. I know, and then he, he's going to. We need him to read secrets. something from the Old Testament, just just to read Bro. it. <laughs> I mean, for our in defense, for our like trying to sync our audio. At the beginning of this, we read from the book of Judges, and I was definitely having a hard time with a handful of those those Old Testament names uh, that are trend, you know, t- turn into English words that don't necessarily make sense the way I'm sure they did, uh, you know, in their original language. Yeah, yeah. I, th- that reminds me. I think yeah. one of the one of the best one of the best sl- slash worst arguments I've ever heard against the Bible was, "Oh, do you really think they had people back then named Matthew and John?" <laughs> Said, do you know anything about how translation works? Do you really think they had people back then named Plato and Aristotle? Ugh. Right. Do you, like, what, do you Socrates. Think his name was really his name was Jesus. Yes, Socrates. Be excellent to each other. Oh, dude, Bill and Ted's. Oh mm. man. So, uh, I, I, <laughs> that's that's just a, this is this is distilling theology, folks. We just. We like to. This is just. This is totally un unleashed. <laughs> this is wonderful. Well, Nick is Nick is thrown. <laughs> this a, is the cream. This is incredible. It is. Uh, well, to that. So Nick, um, in talking about theology and orthodox and orthopraxy, I was going to ask you a follow up when you were explaining that, but you then went on to give such a good example that I felt like asking a follow up question would have been ridiculous. <laughs> but now it's been a minute. Okay. Which I heard you guys talking about old timey phrases on one of your episodes, uh, oh. and it's it's been a minute is one that for some reason I use, even though I'm from New York and it's a Southern <laughs> phrase that I use apparently, but, um, it's right. I tend to use uh, British phrases like chuff to bits. I mean, it's so random. <laughs> that's what, that's, that's what makes this so exciting. But Nick, I was wondering if you could, so maybe let's, let's think about one of those like orthodoxy orthopraxy things. So I, I know a doctrine that was very hard for me to get into and then I know it's a big stumbling block for a lot of people because they tend to make this straw man argument that if you believe this doctrine, why would you do this Christian practice that, that yeah. we're commanded to do? And you know where I'm going with this, but um, in talking about the sovereignty of God, and obviously we're all kind of in a certain attitude, we have a certain perception of that, but even in, in an Arminian sense of understanding God with, with God knowing the whole of, whole of time, and predestining people, or a Calvinistic sense of God de- decreeing all the time, with this view of divine sovereignty, how does that affect our praxis in in how we evangelize and how we live? Like, 
Like, why aren't we all a bunch of antinomians and just throw our hands up and say, well, God's in control. Right. You know, yeah. so I, yeah. I mean, that's something I know I just threw you on the spot there, but I know you guys have, have touched on that recently in your show. So I wanted to hear your thoughts. <laughs> yeah. So, um, like, what is the, the doctrine of God's exhaustive uh, sovereignty mean for me as a Christian? Well, it mm. means that when he commands me to, in whatever sphere I'm in, to um, give the gospel to people, mm. right? Uh, not in an ordained sense, but to preach the gospel and to seek the furtherance of Jesus's kingdom and mm. the glory of God and the worship of God. Um, mm. Well, if I know that God is sovereign over those things and I know that he's sovereign over all creation and that he has sovereignly chosen to use means, mm. then I know that my efforts are not wasted. Like mm -hmm. if uh, I Amen. give a gospel presentation and a, not a single soul comes to Christ, God's will was still done and I have nothing to fret about. And it's not of me. Um, mm. It might be of me that I, I, maybe I said something wrong, right? And so, something happens, but that doesn't mean that, uh, that God is not in control of that. He's in control of all that. He, know, he understands the contingencies. He, mm. um, he sets everything in motion. Right, it's just yeah. like when Paul was um, talking to uh, the high priests in mm. uh, in Acts, and um, <clears throat> he gets struck struck by uh, one of the guards, and uh, he breaks out and says, "God will God will strike you, you whitewashed wall!" Right, <laughs> and um, and then he whitewashed like, tombs. Yeah, whitewashed tombed. Yeah, and uh, uh, then he goes goes out and then the lord comes in and says hey i want you to do it again <laughs> right after after paul absolutely like lost his lost his temper right mm. um and uh yeah so god, god is sovereign over that and that mm. actually gives me that gives me a comfort that mm. my infirmities because i'm weak when i share mm. the gospel right mm. there's there's never a time where I'm where I share the gospel and I'm gonna think, ah, oh, nailed it. Nothing I could have done could have gotten that point across better, right? Yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Um, the God that I worship, the God that I uh, know, the God whose word tells me that He uses the weak things to shame the strong. Mm. I can mm -hmm. be content in whatever weakness I have that He is going to work out that which is pleasing uh, in me, but also through me. Those mm. things that He wants done. I yeah. can trust him. So yeah, yeah. Amen. I'm going to have a bad day, but I, in the you know, end, it's funny. Yeah. I'm fine. When I think I'm about good. sovereignty and mm -hmm. uh, as you're talking about that and you're in the, in the confidence that you have talking about uh, sharing the gospel and knowing that God's will is going to be done regardless of how well you did your job. Mm -hmm. um, uh, it always brings me back to the anecdote of Wesley and Whitfield. Uh, mm. They were contemporaries and uh, there was always the anecdote that, uh, Whitfield would sleep very comfortably at night while Wesley would be sitting in his bed agonizing over his sin uh, and not sleeping well. Uh, both knew the Lord, both uh, loved one another, and they loved God, but uh, th there's just such peace in God's sovereignty and such mm. comfort in that that it allows us to be able to put our heads on our pillows at night and say, okay, I'm a sinner, but God is greater than that, and I can sleep knowing and trusting in that and, and there's just such a peace in that i think that i think that contributes to that peace uh that we that we feel that's beyond all understanding mm. yeah um think about it if uh the success of the gospel is um 
contingent on your faithfulness. Right. Right. So if the spreading of the gospel is contingent (laughs) on your faithfulness and you know yourself and personally, you know that you are often faithless, right? Mm, Um, How do you expect your work outside of yourself to go? If you know that the work in you is not complete, is not perfect. You, you have lots of, you're growing up to per, to perfection, which means that you're not perfect, right? Mm, Sanctification, yeah. you're, you're growing up to perfection. You never reach that perfection in this life. So the, the preaching of the gospel that you uh, have, it's always going to be imperfect, right? Yeah, that's right. Um, mm. God is not hamstrung by our imperfections. In fact, we are told multiple times in the scripture that he uses our imperfections. Mm. His uh, power is made great in our weakness, mm. right? Yeah. We, we know how strong God is because he can use our weakness to do powerful things. And right. so, yeah, that's, that's amazing. Yeah. The, that's as a Christian, that's, that's comforting. If I, if I didn't think that, if I thought it was all about my performance, the spread of the gospel was about how well I do this and how well I do that. Do I, do I, not want to do those things? Absolutely. No, I, I definitely want to, I want to obey the Lord and I want mm. to because I'm grateful yeah. and um, I want to because I'm commanded to and he's my mm. Lord. He's not just my savior, but he is my Lord. Right. And yeah. that means that I, I, it's not just my duty to obey him, but it's my delight and I'm yeah. not going to mm. obey him perfectly this side of life and I should grieve over it and I should know that um, he has promised to bring me through despite the things that grieve me about my faith and that's that's right that's i can't i can't imagine being living as a christian some other way i i feel like i would be crushed there might be some days where i felt like i did pretty good Mm, i think i'd be crushed most of the time because i am very i think and i'm still not at the point where i need to be but i i know how weak i am Mm. some days i don't know how weak i am better than other days but uh, <laughs> a good I'm way weak, to put it. and I and I know it, and yeah. uh, uh, that'd be a scary thing if I if I couldn't uh, rest and receive the gospel and rest in the fact that Christ already has the victory, mm. right? So, yeah, dude, that Man. is so good. Y'all, I didn't realize tonight that around the campfire we'd be hearing Nick spitting fire, dude. So, to those of you guys listening, I know we're still kind of the new kid on the block as far as theology podcasts, and most of you listening probably have already heard the Reformed Pilgrims. But if you haven't, you should go give them a listen for this type of quality content where they are breaking down orthodoxy and orthopraxy and the relationship between those two things. Nick, that was that was amazing. Thank you for giving us a little little taste. A little tasting. No, that was great. It was it yeah. was a blessing. Dude, it was that a was blessing so to listen to. I'm glad. Absolutely. That's awesome. And so in that vein, what do you guys I mean how do how can people find you guys? How can people listen? And uh, what kinds of things like how can people interact with the Reformed Pilgrims? Um, how can they support you guys? Things of that nature. So um, our website is reformedpilgrims.com. So that's where you'll find our episodes and we have a subscribe page. Otherwise, you can find us on uh, iTunes, um, Google Podcasts, a couple other um, apps. But we're not on like Spotify like you guys are, which I I should probably do that. Um, So (laughs) we have a Facebook page, which we we try to stay active. We try to interact with people. If you send us a message, we try to respond. So uh, our Facebook page is just called Reformed Pilgrims. And um, yeah. 
we love getting feedback. We mm. love getting feedback and, and hearing mm. from our listeners. I think one of my favorite episodes that we did was just a listener Q and A. So that's um, really cool. Yeah. Uh, awesome. So yeah, it's fun because you get to hear from people. Uh, sometimes we're guessing, do we think people want to hear about the sacraments? Do we think people want to hear about the attributes <laughs> of God? Um, you know, we're guessing, but uh, sure. it's nice when the answer is say, yes. Hey, talk about this thing. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, we did them and they did, they did pretty good. Um, yeah. Yeah. But um, you know, maybe we end up jumping on something that gets us excited and loses us all of our, all, all of our listeners in the future. So Q and A's are nice. So we like doing those. So if you have a question, send us a message. It's fun. Yeah. That's awesome. And I'm not saying we're going to commandeer that, but it's going to happen. Don't be surprised <laughs> when we have a distilled theology Q and A. And uh, Nick, I know good. you guys had some. Uh, you guys have a pretty pretty sweet logo. How can I get a hold of that in some sort of form uh, other than digital <laughs> pixels? So actually, we just changed our logo to the guy who does ref tunes named Paul Cox. So that's just, uh, we just got that logo up, but we do still have a pretty sweet logo. Uh, we have some merch that you can find um, at uh, confessionalware.com. They have a little podcast tab and in there, there is uh, the Reformed Pilgrims and we have some shirts and hoodies and um, mugs and stuff. So if uh, you hmm. ever feel like giving us some support, some monetary support, we appreciate anything that you guys give so um gonna cop that yeah. merch y'all yeah we i don't know we should probably update our merch because uh that that little logo we have is really cool so yeah yeah, yeah. No. yeah that's pretty pretty legit so i like it that's awesome well nick it has been an absolute joy spending some time with you tasting makers 46 and talking so about the god who saves us and the gospel and cars and star wars and the reformed pub <laughs> This, I mean, and that's one of the things I enjoy uh, about as we started this show is that we do we do try to structure, we do try to have kind of a, a goal, but we are also because we're not quite as laser focused, we're able to have a little bit more of that broad ebb and flow. That's hopefully we're not open theists, but we are open <laughs> podcasters. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I just, just about fell out of my chair in, in agony over that joke. <laughs> I I have I, I literally have no words. Those were the only words that I could come out of my mouth after that. <laughs> All right. We're gonna try and pull this episode together. Um and on that hurt. bombshell, uh it has been a absolute pleasure. Hmm. Uh obviously Check out Reform Pilgrims. Yes. Check out Distilling Theology mm. uh, on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, check out our website, distillingtheology.com. Check us out on Patreon yeah. if you want to support us and get some more special content and see our faces more frequently. If you want to see our reaction to what just happened, join our <laughs> Patreon. That's right. <laughs> All right. Goodness gracious. Awesome. Well, Nick, thank you so much for joining us for a special episode of Distilling Theology. Nice. What do I say after that? That's it? Because it's just doing theology. It's so good. Like I don't want to interrupt it. Like I feel like just like there like two minutes of silence after that is like appropriate, you know? Like let it ring. Aw. I appreciate that. Oh boy. Good. Justin, wrap us up. I, I I'm trying to I've tried to land the plane. All right. 
thank you guys so much for joining us. Uh, we hope to see you uh, all on the next one. Uh, leave us a comment, uh, share, and uh, yeah, that's all. That's all she wrote, folks. <laughs> Soli Deo Gloria. Amen. 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 And cut. <laughs> oh man, podcasters! <laughs> Are you kidding me? All right. I pulled my headphone cable because I no, put I my was hand just, down. I can't. I literally can't. <laughs> that is some nonsense. <laughs>